We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. So, here lately, we've been, what, covered up with statistics and legislation and a bunch of deep, dark doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I call it deep, dark doo-doo, but definitely some more, I, I guess, more serious, serious topics. topics, yeah. Uh, you know, we've, we've been going pretty pretty hard since the beginning of the year uh trying to provide you guys with real valuable good information uh, as far as you know hunting and and hunting topics hunting related topics here in new mexico right so today we're gonna lighten it up just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna shoot from the hip a little bit right uh, and and see if we can't just have a little bit of fun, uh, you know. It's Rodney, you and I kind of have these conversations all the time, and we we kind of felt like tonight was a night that we might want to just turn turn on the recorder and see what comes out. Right, right. I don't know if that's a good or bad no, idea. No, but uh, you know, sometimes you just. Gotta relax a little bit. Yep. That's what we're gonna do today. And uh, we have a topic, you know. Um, we'll see where it goes. What is it? I forgot already. <laughs> right? So, when I got... When I got married... We'll start with this one. When I got married... Um, I wore, you know, all cotton socks. Yeah. And my wife says We're going to start with your feet. We're going to start with my feet. (laughs) (laughs) From the bottom up. From the bottom up. (laughs) Or the top down. Uh, No, bottom up. Um, Yeah, so when I got married, I wore all cotton socks. And my wife says to me, Me? (laughs) You need need to quit wearing cotton socks or crap on your feet. She says you need wool socks. And I says to her, you're a freaking idiot. I live in New Mexico. It's hot. You're wearing no stinking wool socks. Uh-huh. You know how many pairs of cotton socks I own today? Zero. Zero. Yeah. You know why? Because wool's awesome. Wool kicks butt. Yep. Seriously. It is amazing stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't let cotton touch my feet anymore. I'm 100% wool all year long, even in the hottest of the days, because um, your feet stay dry. Well, yeah. 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 It's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's uh, one of those, I guess you can call it an urban myth that, you know, wool... Uh, is hot and etc 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 but uh, what happens with cotton is you sweat and it gets wet and it uh, has a hard time drying out and so uh, like you were talking about it's rough on your feet 
Yeah, it is. Uh, wool, it is, it naturally wicks that moisture away from your feet, mm-hmm. and then it uh, soon after evaporates, which mm-hmm. has a cooling effect on your feet. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah, and a warming effect in the in the, in the winter time winter because, because your feet are dry. Your feet are dry. Isn't that weird? It's really weird. Well, it's, weird. it's also for the fact that uh, wool can absorb up to 50% of its uh, weight in water and still keep you warm. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and, and another interesting um, um, squirrel bar to, <laughs> to the... We tend to do to that. The, right. But... Um, so when when she first decided to you know really push me to buy some wool socks, you know she got to looking on, we got to looking on Amazon, and I was like, twenty bucks for a freaking pair of socks? Are you kidding me? Yeah, really, was upset that my wife was fix, fixing to spend that kind of money on a pair of socks. But here's the deal. You know how many cotton socks you go through in a year? Usually, a ton. Yeah. Because they wear thin real quick, get holes in them. A pair of wool socks, yeah, it may be expensive, but guess what? It lasts forever. It lasts a long time. And and something really cool that I learned, when you're hunting, you can wear a good thick pair of wool socks two, three days. Mm -hmm. And there's no problem. You can't wear a pair of cotton socks two, three days. You can't hardly wear a pair of cotton socks all day yeah well and and so there's there's a couple of reasons for that when you when you look at some of the characteristics of wool the reason that you can wear that two three days um is the wool fibers are fairly complex they are resilient and so whenever you squish them stretch them etc etc they're going to return to the size that they were they will spring back quickly um, it's a multi-part fiber so it resists wear that's why they last so long right uh, when you again it repels moisture it re- because um, it comes from a, a sheep and, and sheep the in the wool it has lanolin uh, basically an oil so it sheds sheds the water um, and another fun fact it's mm-hmm. flame resistant so <laughs> fire resistant I should right. say so not gonna burn your not feet. gonna burn your feet uh, but the, for, there's there's lots of characteristics of wool that make it a really fantastic fiber and the for the reasons you know the the things that you were talking about um, as far as why it lasts so long, why it's so comfortable, why it, you know it has those insulating factors, it has the wicking factors. That's why it's such a fantastic fiber. I wonder. I wonder what the FR rating is. You know, I work in the in the electrical co-op industry. Um, I wonder what the FR rating on wool is. You know, because the, the I'm not a lineman, but the linemen there have to wear FR material. I wonder what the what the rating is on that. That'd be an interesting. I might, have to, I might have to look at that. Look that up. That would look be. that up. FR rating on wool. FR rating on wool. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you uh, were wondering, we're lounging on the couch uh, with the computer hooked up to the TV, and 
now we can look that up while we're talking to you. So another one of our addictions, aside from wool, um, not that we're done talking about wool, because we're probably going to, you know, especially once we get around to our addiction for wool jackets and sweaters. <laughs> um, seriously, we need to live in like Siberia or something, the North Pole, because uh, we have a massive addiction to wool jackets and sweaters and pretty much no real use for them in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I, I have some use for them, but it's just Yeah, I'm making fun of I'm making fun of the hot temperatures around here that it's it's hot. It like is eleven point five months out of the year. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So um, so I do work in the mountains so I get some some use of it. Um, but some of our other addictions that we're going to talk about today are cast iron and canvas. Yes. Did you find that yet? I'm trying to find it. Um, <laughs> so I, here, so you told a story. Actually, I think you should tell this story as well. Am, um, I, am I going to tell a story about Jeff? And yes, your you wolf? are. <laughs> because you talked about your marriage, we have to kind of throw in my yeah. marriage there. And this was before I even started dating my wife. Uh, yeah, mind you, but it involves, uh, it involves our wife's father. Yeah, yeah, late father. So, background. Um, my my uh, father-in-law, um, who was a great man and I loved dearly, um, we went on. How do I how do I say this? Um, well, I invited you guys up. Yeah, we, we drew that tag. Yeah, so we're we, drew, go... we drew those elk tags. I'm just trying to get. Yeah, yeah. So, don't think yeah, too hard. Yeah. So so <laughs> we we drew these elk tags up in. Um, you won't burst into flames, cause right? Because I'm wearing wool. wool. <laughs> <laughs> no, we drew these elk tags. Up in the uh, Pegasus Wilderness, me, you, um, and your future wife, and yeah, Allie, our sister-in-law. And yeah, both. Um, yeah, we drew those tags, and me and you, and my son, and our father-in-law were going to go. He wasn't your father-in-law at the time, but no, he was mine. We're going to go on a scouting trip in the Pecos. And so me and, and Jeff and Russell loaded up and headed up to uh, your house. You were currently living in Vegas. I was. And we were going to go on this scouting trip. And I'll never forget it because as we drove up, you come walking out. Um, and it, it was an instant man crush for my <laughs> father-in-law on you because... You come walking out wearing a cute little Mount Me hat with a wool vest and wool breeches and your Packers. <laughs> and that was Jeff. Well, that was Jeff head to toe. And, and that, that was his old neck elongated and his ears popped out and his face smiled. And he was like, well, I like that some bitch. <laughs> About every time you tell that story, you add a little something. Pretty soon, he's going to have curled his lip, 
Oh, he probably the air did. For pheromones. He probably did, but I knew that you and him were going to be. What that was, what was funny is, is that was going to be, you know, sort of a, a bonding trip for me and him, you know, because me and Dana were. We were newly married at the time, right? Um, you've been married for a couple of years, but your the whole beginning of your marriage was rough. Yeah, with that we hadn't been married a couple of years because I don't think Maggie was born yet, was she? I don't know. I I think so. Man, I'm not good with dates. We'd have to ask Dana. Yeah, she's never available when we need her. Um. Anyways, um. So yeah, that whole trip, that, I mean, that trip was, like I said, supposed to be kind of a bonding experience. That's why I invited him. You know, he loved the wildernesses and, you know, um, uh, he was a, a smoke jumper, um, you know, worked in the Gila wilderness. That's where my wife was born. Um, she was actually, you know, not in the wilderness, but that's where they lived. Her sister was actually born in the Gila wilderness, <laughs> in a in a Toyota in the in middle of the Gila, the Gila the wilderness. Yeah. They didn't make it to the hospital in time. But by the um, way, I can't find the FR rating. Yeah, animal. you're you're fired from research <laughs> duties. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's supposed to be some sort of so a, much some sort of a bonding experience for me and him. And he was your buddy. From then on oh. out. <laughs> oh, man. And and don't think we're, we're picking on Jeff again. I, I wholeheartedly... We are picking uh, on him. Well, but not in a bad way. No, not in a bad in, way. In, in a loving way because, you know, that he was a very good man. He was a loving father. He, he was... Uh, um, but he was very particular about things. He was. He was. He loved his wool. He loved his wool. He loved his cast iron. Uh-huh. And he loved his canvas. Yep. Uh, he didn't cook in a pot that wasn't cast iron. Uh, he didn't have a tent that wasn't canvas. Um, and he dang sure didn't have any socks that weren't wool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I can't fault the man for any of those characteristics. No. Because I have come to be a fan of all three of myself. Now, I was always a fan of cast iron. Yeah. But the wool... Uh, the only experience that I'd ever had with the wool was, you know, those itchy army blankets. Yeah. Yeah. And, I and mean, that, and when, and I when think people those, think of that, yeah. that, that's really kind of what they yeah. think of. Yeah. And I wear wool all the time and, and almost none of the wool. Now, some of it is itchy, but almost none of the wool that I have is itchy. I can wear it on just on my bare skin. Yeah. And, well, and it's not and, itchy. And they're, you know, they're... Well, there's different types of wool. You know, I've got I've got some army surplus pants that are wool pants, and they're itchy. Itchy as heck, yeah. But then you know we have uh, some of the the underlayers, uh, the first light stuff, the merino wool. Mm-hmm. That stuff oh, is phenomenal. so nice. It is soft. It is breathable. Um, when we went on that two B hunt, I was absolutely stunned by the performance mm-hmm. of that stuff. Yeah. You know, normally, I mean, we were getting up, in, you know, when we got up in the morning to go out to hunt, we, you know, it was single digits, if not zero or below zero. Yeah. Uh, and generally, in that type of situation... You're layered up. You're layered... Well, you're layered fierce. up with, with you know, well, 
it, it kind of depends but up until that point you know i've been i'd be layered up with walmart stuff which mm -hmm. uh not known for being very durable not known for being terribly uh, thin yeah. You know, tend, you tend to kind of layer up and you, and you feel a little bit bulky. But with yeah. that, what really impressed me with that stuff is uh, I could layer up and not feel hindered, not feel bulky. Well, we weren't really that layered up. I mean, at least I wasn't. I had I had my wool pair of my, my um, uh, first light wool uh, underwear, mm -hmm. long johns, mm -hmm. uh, and then the first light wool pants, mm -hmm. and that was it. Yeah. Uh, and then I had the first light, uh, or well, no, I had a, a a wool undershirt, yep, long john undershirt, um, with the first light quarter zip, and the wool vest. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was. I was and completely warm. Thoroughly impressed and completely warm. Yeah. Now, granted, you're doing a lot of hiking and stuff like that, you know, because that's how we hike is we, you know, we walk. But that was the other nice thing about it was when when you were hiking, you know, you weren't getting over hot and having to take crap off and then no. put stuff back on. It, it, it just really regulated your temperature yeah. extremely Good well. stuff. Good stuff. But uh, we're going to lose our train of thought several times in this podcast. And, yeah, because we don't have any notes. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that being said, you know, there are a ton of different wool options out there that, that you wouldn't even think is your traditional thought process as far as well, this is wool. Yeah, and, and, and even, even you mentioned the, the Army surplus pants. I have several pairs of those, and those are still fantastic. Yeah. Okay, because they keep you super warm. Now they're itchy, but all you have to do is pair, put a pair of long johns on underneath them, and you're good. And you're good to go. Yeah. Except you live in Elm, in Elmo Gordo, where you're never going to get to use. Them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't get to use them that often. Um, but I have several pairs. I, I wear them to work sometimes. Sometimes it get cold in the mountains. It got cold enough this year that I actually got to use my wool pants and and, yeah. and layer up with a couple of my wool jackets. It was there cold enough for a day or two there. there in, you go. In, we have, we in haven't my got part that of the world. We haven't got that cold down here. No. Um, so <laughs> that's but, all right. Yeah, wool is fantastic. Uh, absolutely love it. I'm a head to toe wool kind of guy. I even got the, I got the, what was it icebreaker? Uh huh. Uh, the wool net gator and the icebreaker wool, what do you call them? The beanie? beanie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the wool beanies. And and those are fantastic. I absolutely love them. So I used to buy the the wool, or not the wool, just the, the Walmart net gator and beanie every year. I'd buy a new one every single year. Uh, and that's about all they would last is a year. Yeah. Now, you know, at five or ten bucks each, you know, so that's twenty bucks um, a year. Mm -hmm. But how many years did you and, do that? And I did that for many years. So I I spent the money on the that icebreaker stuff, and I got each each one was thirty bucks a piece at sixty bucks, and I've had them for about eight nine years now. Yeah. Um, and I'll have them for another eight. Well, nine this goes years back to the, they're this they're goes, just like this goes back to the conversation that we had with with Bridger, mm -hmm. and you need to start by paying for quality. Yes. 
Yes, you do. Uh, don't make the mistakes that we've made. Well, now I, I want to backtrack about uh, backtrack on that just a little bit. Um, I do advocate for quality, but there's a lot of learning that comes with what got us here. There is no, I, and I'm not discounting that. But what I'm I'm, I'm going to go back to the. The old saying that a wise man learns from his mistakes, yes. but a very wise man learns from, from others' others. mistakes. Yeah. And and I am not necessarily one who prescribes or subscribes to the um, thought process of I had to earn it. No, you need so, to too. No, I I agree with you hundred percent. What I am saying though is, if the choice is. I can't go hunting until I can afford the nice wool stuff, or I'm gonna go hunting with Walmart crap until I can afford. No, and I'm I'm with you on that. Then I'm hunting with Walmart crap. Absolutely, and <laughs> and and that's that uh, that is on point there. What we advocate, what we would I would say we, uh, what we would advocate for, is if you have that choice. Yes. If I've got a, if I've either got to not go hunting. Or go hunting with Walmart stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buy buy a, a cheap set of Walmart stuff to go hunting for the next couple of years. Make it last. Take care of it. Make it last. Mm-hmm. But while you're doing that, budget and, and save, save up that good stuff and get the good stuff. Yep, I agree. Yeah, it's just like good boots. Um, you know how many hunts that I've been on that were just miserable because my feet were wet. Most of the first hunts I ever went on because I bought a pair of cheap boots. boots. Yeah, a pair of $80 Cabela's or Walmart boots. Um, Now I have a, you know, much more expensive pair of good Danners and uh, several good pairs. And my feet are no longer an issue when hunting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Couple that with wool socks. (laughs) <laughs> and you're good to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, my feet don't get cold anymore. I've got I've got that problem solved, and they don't get too hot. You know, you got to moderate that with the the different types of boots. I know that's hard, but you know, if, uh, we want to enjoy this kind of stuff. Um, and having said that, our style of camping is definitely not the easiest way to do things. No, it's absolutely not. Um, and and we camp hard. We camp hard. <laughs> we absolutely camp hard. Now, that's not to say that's not to say we're roughing it. That's not to say that our camp is miserable. What we're saying is our camp is a lot of work. Yes, and I would say we kind of prescribe a little more towards the traditional or old style of camping. Yes. Um, Mixed with some new innovations. Yeah, absolutely. But we are not, you know, we're our, our typical camping that we do, we're not the the backpack light campers. We're not no. the, and not to say that I wouldn't like to try that sometime. No, I, I'm going to do that. We are, we are going to do that. We're going to spend some time backpacking in some wilderness, do some hunts like that. But again, it's that takes to do that effectively. You have to spend the money 
to get the good backpacks, the good tents that's light enough for you to be able to carry Mm -hmm. and still enjoy the hunt. Yeah. Um, And until we can afford that, we're in our canvas tents in a spot that we can drive to and then we're walking from there. Yeah. You know, and that's that's how we roll. We have canvas tents. Um, We each have multiple canvas tents. I had multiple (laughs) until last year's Elkhart's. Yeah, we're going to have to remedy that. We are going to have to remedy that. But uh, but yes, we really enjoy canvas tents. Uh, again, we, we like kind of, call us old-fashioned, but we, we kind of herald back and to the, uh, I guess, glory days of camping. And, and we like the feel of the canvas. It's breathable. It's uh, aesthetically pleasing it's durable uh we we just really like it um if you're looking for some and i'll give you give you give a plug out there um i didn't buy any last year but if you're looking for a good cheap and by by cheap i mean price wise Mm -hmm. wall tent the philmont scout ranch sells wall tents at the end of every season because they have so many Mm -hmm. wall tents they go through uh they rotate them out every they rotate a certain number out every single year and they may have a few uh tears that have been patched and things like that and and these are not going to be pristine wall tents but if you're looking for uh, a pretty good wall tent uh you can get one for either a 10 by 12 or a seven by nine for under a hundred dollars. Yeah. And that's, that's without the frame. It's just the tent. Uh, we each have multiple of those. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many you have anymore. I have, <laughs> I have a seven by nine left. <laughs> I have, no, a, I have a I 10 by back. 12 and a seven by nine. I think I have, a, I, no, I think I just have a seven by nine left. Yeah. After elk camp. We, well, we only lost one of yours at elk camp. Yeah. But I don't have a second 10 by 12. Oh, you don't? We used yours. We took yours. Oh, all right. I thought you had two. No, because I just had the one that was. Uh, well, we need to modi- get a couple more of those. Modified by Jeej. And that's the one that got trashed. Yeah. Damn it. I know. Gonna put the Jeej back to work. I know. <laughs> Did you hear that, Jeej? <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, Again, it's just the tent. There's not any frame or anything like that. And if you're going to get a frame for it, you can get one that's fairly close, but it may not match exactly. Or you can... The really nice thing about those tents is they are exact angles. So the peak of the roof is a 90 degree. The sides where it comes down and goes to the... You know, the roof meets the sidewalls is a 45 degree angle. I actually... The first frame I built for my 7x9 was out of PVC. And that's how I figured out what those angles were because they fit exactly. Perfect. And so uh, it, it, it shouldn't be too hard to either make yourself or order, you know. Yeah, you could go a, down a, an the internal hardware, frame. You could go down the hardware store and and get, get some. You can get something made up, but with for about two hundred bucks yeah. as far as an internal frame, or you could just do the ridge pole and uprights like they do. Yeah. And sometimes they have those on sale as well. Yeah. But. Uh, we have a couple of those. Uh, I came across, oh, two, three years ago, I came across a tent 
that I had no idea what it was when I came across it, uh, but uh, I, I acquired it for a very reasonable price. Right. Um, and I have come to lo absolutely love this tent, mm -hmm. and that's the Kodiak Canvas. It's great. It's tent. a spring bow tent, and it's a light canvas. It's not near as heavy as a wall tent canvas. Uh, however, it's a very durable canvas, and the these tents are fantastic. You can set it up with one per. You, you can. I had a ten by fourteen. And I could set it up by myself without any help in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Which yeah, is good tent. Which is for a tent that size, that's yeah, almost just ridiculous. We're going to we're going to look into getting the lodge tent from Kodiak Canvas this year, me and the wife. Um uh the 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 only real difference in the two is it's not a spring tent. But it's the, not that spring bow it's type. It's not the it's spring bow the, uh, type tent, so it's got more poles. But the wall, you know how the walls kind of slope in mm -hmm. on the on, on the, the spring, spring bow. bow. Uh, the lodge tent on this one is more vertical, and so it gives you that little bit more distance with the family of four. Uh, it helps quite a bit. There's one thing that I learned with the teepee tent. So we have uh, a Panther Primitive teepee tent canvas. That we got from our father-in-law, me and the wife. Great and tent, it's a fantastic tent. I love it. Um, but we like to sleep on cots rather than just on the ground. Mm -hmm. And there's not a whole lot of room in there once you get, you know, four people sleeping. If you're on the ground, you're, you're it's okay. It's not a problem when you're on the ground. Um, but the 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 tricky part with that one is, like I said, it's a teepee tent, so. You lose a lot of headspace, mm -hmm. you know, and it's got an internal pole, just one internal pole. That's all that it takes is just one internal pole. Um, you stake the outsides, and it's a, I think a twelve by twelve. It's that sounds about right. Yeah, twelve by twelve, ten by ten, something like that. So you got a lot of floor space, but you lose that, you know, on the edges, you know. So, um, really cool tent. I'll never get rid of it, but, but. Uh, you're looking for something a little bit more functional for what a little bit more the family that you've got. Yeah. We may actually take that teepee tent with us on our Idaho trip. That might work well for us. Possibly. Possibly so. Um, so here's one thing to think about whenever you, if if you, you know, you guys are looking at a canvas tent. The thing to remember about canvas is uh, it it is cotton, and and what happens with it, it's it's interwoven, obviously fibers of cotton and what happens is when water touches it those fibers swell and that's what makes it waterproof the drawback to canvas is let's say you're on the inside of the tent mm -hmm. and it's raining outside anywhere that you touch that canvas mm -hmm. that water is likely to come through yeah the oil from your hands gets on the canvas and it disrupts that disrupts that swelling yes and and then it so it makes that a likely place not not guaranteed to leak but it makes it a likely place for it to uh drip if it's you know constant rain yeah. a lot of rain a lot of rain. i've never had any problems with mine yeah um, especially at tp tent you end up touching the walls just out of 
you know necessity just because it's you know small at the top but yeah and 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 that's what i'm talking and i think that's that's what i'm talking about it is if if you're out and you're you you know it's days on days of rain uh and and you've got a cot that is touching the walls mm-hmm. that's you're probably going to start getting a leak there yeah yeah you will uh, if you just get a you know an afternoon shower and and then it's done yeah you'll be and right. it dries out you'll be fine yeah the other thing with them is if you are camping and it does rain, you have to dry them out before you put them away. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it will be mildewed and ruin it when you when you get back into it. Yep. And if you if you don't dry it out before you put it away, and you get any mildew, any mold, um, that weakens those fibers. Fibers, mm-hmm. and it's not going to perform the same way that it or the way that it was designed to perform. Yeah. So, yeah, and that goes right back to, you know, like what we said, we, we camp hard, you know, we, we kind of revel in the work yeah. that it takes for us to do our camping. Well, I think we um, take it as a challenge, you know, I know a lot of people who don't camp very often and when they go, they, they're absolutely miserable. And when you go and you look at their camp, they've got again nothing against walmart but they've got just a a nylon tent and it's set in the worst place possible where if it does rain all the water is going to run right into their tent Um, they just throw all their crap in they don't organize it um, and so they're not prepared with the correct gear and so they're cold those are the things that's really gonna affect you uh, when you go camping. Yep. If you can prepare for those things and plan for those things, um, that, like I said, that's the challenge that we like is is being comfortable. Yeah. Well, and and the work that it takes. I mean, I, I think get, that we enjoy the work that it takes to get to being comfortable. A lot of people think of camping as, you know, a relaxing trip to the mountains. We work an awful. I probably work more at camping than we do when we're at work. We do, um, but it, but the it creates the, a sense of accomplishment. Absolutely, and the harder that we work at getting our camp set up just right, uh, the more we enjoy it because we're not having to deal with those little um, problems that tend to overwhelm new campers. Correct. Well, once the our cold, camp, the wet, the once bugs. our camp is set, once we have camp set, um, we're done. Yes. All right. Now it's relaxation time. But we, you know, we we're not typically doing just an overnight camp. Um, you know, we typically go camping for two, three, four days mm-hmm. um, to make it worthwhile yeah. for all the work that we do. Um, we do some smaller camping trips, but. We don't put the, as much work into those, um, but I, I wanted to touch on this real quick. Me and Dedon went on a hunt. We drew rifle deer tags in Unit Fifty Two, which is up near Tres Piedras, um, and on this hunt, we were in a little eight man nylon summer team you're talking about being miserable mm-hmm. <laughs> now 
our camp was it was simply a place to sleep and we were gonna be hunting all day you know from we we're gonna be leaving camp before the sun come up and getting back after dark so it was just a place to sleep but to your point about being uncomfortable we had some old crappy cots so we were up off the ground um, but like I said just a cheap Walmart nylon tent uh, with the the kind of what do you the, the netting on top with the rain fly over it yeah. you know well about the we, we hunted hard on that hunt but we didn't see crap there we no deer um, and we about the about the I was we hunted for four days and on the fourth night we went to sleep and we'd been cold every stinking night we were cold the fifth morning we woke up and there was half an inch of snow probably a quarter inch of snow I'm exaggerating quarter inch of snow on top of us in the tent <laughs> and blown in under your fly it, so yeah the wind was picking that snow yet snow up and blowing it up underneath the rain fly and then dropping it down through that screen on t- top of us and it snowed like 10 <laughs> inches that night which wouldn't have been a problem but we had a good quarter inch snow on top of us as we were sleeping and both of us woke up and we were like screw it let's go home so there's a perfect example of a hunt that we didn't see to completion because of the lack of camping skills, <laughs> if you will, that we were exhibiting at the time. Yeah. Uh, mm. Good canvas tent. We're hunting that fifth day. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I thankfully, I, I grew up with a, a family that camped. My dad loved to camp. Um, and he was much, much the same way. In fact, whenever I was a kid, I remember my dad had a, a lease cattle on a, on a place that was probably an hour and a half away from, our, maybe two hours away from where we lived. <clears throat> and so coolest thing for me and, and my brothers, because he, we would go down and we'd camp for a week at a time mm-hmm. while we were taking care of the, the cattle. And can you imagine, I mean, what, what cooler thing could you do as a kid than to be camping like the old cowboys? Right. You know, and, and that's what we did. And 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 my thank, thankfully, my dad helped pass some of that stuff on, how to set up a good camp, how to be comfortable, and all of that stuff. Um, but you're, you're, that's a great example of how... You can turn in. It can. You can. A uh, good trip can turn into a bad trip really Real quickly. Quick. Real quick. Really quickly. And that's not. And that's not. You know, camping, or hunting. Neither one of those were the problem. It was um, our lack of effort that got us on that trip. Because you said, yeah, you, you went there with the mindset, mm-hmm. oh, this is just going to be a place that we sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's a there's a lot more that comes comes with a hunting cap than just sleeping it was a place that we slept and we definitely slept because we hunted hard but it wasn't a place that we slept comfortably (laughs) (laughs) and And now we have remedied that we definitely sleep comfortably nowadays yeah um 
if I could, I'm going to put a plug in here. I, I found a book uh, here in Tularosa yep. back a couple of years ago. And if you are like us and you enjoy camping in the old style, camping with canvas, uh, you know, wool and cast iron, this is a book for you. I've enjoyed this book. You've read a little bit of I it. I have. I have. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think Kathy got me, you found two books actually. I did. And Kathy got me a copy of both of them. Yeah. Uh, but the book is called uh, Camping in the Old Style. Yes. Um, and it's it's a fantastic book. Uh, you can find it uh, on Amazon. Um, it's it's awesome. It it goes through a whole lot of it breaks down the history of camping and how the you know the camping movement really started after uh, after World War Two mm-hmm. um, and just that big migration everybody you know all the soldiers came home and they had the gi bill and they were just looking to get out and see the country and that, mm-hmm. that was the newly formed you know they, yeah. they they had a bunch of new national parks yeah. and all that stuff but it goes through the history of camping it goes through the the evolution of camping i bet you guys didn't know this uh when, what comes to mind when you hear abercrombie and fitch um, I'd rather not say. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on, big mouth. No. No, I might be a big mouth, but I ain't stupid. <laughs> so today you you probably know Abercrombie and Fitch as a clothing company. Uh, and generally when you see the people who, uh, who shop at that store, uh, camping does not come to mind. No. Abercrombie and Fitch at one point was the premier camping outfitter in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Uh, they had tents. They had, I mean, everything you could think of as far as camping, hunting, fishing related, they carried it. Nice. Which is crazy. Right. Because you don't think about that. Uh, but the, this book, The Camping in the Old Style, it goes through a lot of that stuff. It goes through choosing a tent style pros and cons it goes through uh the different ways that you can start fires uh the different techniques that you can use uh for starting fires camp cooking uh it gives a bunch of old cool recipes Mm -hmm. it goes through it talks about camping on a cot versus or sleeping on a cot versus sleeping on the ground uh what's really interesting is that that one really that topic really caught my mind really really interested me because um camping in a cot if you don't do it correctly you actually lose more heat Mm -hmm. to the surrounding air because you have air all around you uh versus sleeping on the ground um and you lose a ton of heat to the ground Mm -hmm. and to the air Uh, and so it's it, some really really interesting topics um take a look at it if you guys like canvas cast iron wool that's a fantastic book yeah it is a really neat book i haven't read the whole thing i've perused it um a lot of cool stuff in there a lot of cool stuff um and things that you know 
you read it and you're like, huh, I wonder why we don't do that anymore. Because it's a great camping hack. Yeah, I actually I think some of these quote unquote camping hacks that you see on YouTube now, right? Well, they're probably just stealing them straight out of out of these books. They could be. They could be <laughs> the or you know Pinterest. You know, you want to talk about some good camping hacks? Pinterest is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's where you got the shower idea, right? Uh, that's where I got. Yeah, that's where I got the shower yeah. idea. Talking about camping hard, um, we. That was quite possibly our crowning achievement to this point. Right, right. We also have, of course, it's not canvas anymore. The canvas one um, tore down it, after 60 years of use. Um, I had a great big uh, Army-style GP Medium 16 by 32 canvas tent um, that finally saw its last day, so I bought another one. Um, and... We took that on our two B deer hunt. Uh, again, it's not canvas. It's what? What they? Uh, it's vinyl. Vinyl. Um, they, that's all they make them in now is vinyl. Uh, I wish I could find one in canvas. I'd buy it. I know. Because um, I'd, I'd rather have the canvas, even though a lot of people say the vinyl is better. Um, but anyway, we have this the great big sixteen by thirty two tent, and you can put your camp kitchen in one corner and your cots, and then. So yeah, when when we went to two B, uh, we have a stove in there. I'm there. I'm gonna pick on, pick on Dita on a little right. bit. Uh, we were all supposed to show up at the same time, and of course, uh, Dita skipped the putting up of the GP. He skipped medium. it every time. Every time he skipped it. Every time setting up any camp, he's so never been there for it. The GP or medium. It, if you've never seen a GP medium, it's it's big. It's like you said, sixteen by thirty two. You're supposed to have four men. Six. Six? The suggestion in the instructions on the inside of that tent says six men to put it up. I've never done it with more than four. Uh, I've never done it with more than me three. Me and you. <laughs> you. Me, you, and Jeff. Yeah, me and you and Jeff set it up. Yeah. It's a big tent. It's hard to set up, man. Me and you got it done together. Yes. But it damn near killed us. Yeah. Well, it didn't. It didn't. We've gotten, we gotten better at it. Yeah, we got a lot better at it. We've done it enough. Um but, but it's a great tent. But the cool thing about it that year in 2B yeah. was the shower in the corner. Yes. Yeah, so we, we had, were up there for so, 12 days. So in one end of the, of, the camp, of the tent, we had our camp kitchen. Uh, also in that end, we had the, the stove. This wood stove. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the middle, we had our three cots set yep. up on, on one side of it. Mm -hmm. Across from the cots, we had our kitchen, table. our table, the table the dining, dining table, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then in the other corner or other end of the tent, we set up a shower. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, had a little battery operated submersible pump. Uh, it cost me, I think it cost me about 30 bucks. Total to build that? Yeah, total to build it. And the cool part is we had an act, actual shower pan. And so we, we, and you pretty much built this entire thing. Uh, we set it up at, out there together but so we had a shower pan that we put up on some cinder blocks mm -hmm. and plumbed it with pvc out under the tent from the yeah from the hole in the shower pan out under the tent into the ground yep and put some tarps up around it that just went up about you know chest high yeah. so you know you, you had to stand there but still you know we put some tarps around it you get in the shower pan got the little the little camp shower with a submersible pump 
And we and were five able to take, take five gallon bucket. Five gallon bucket. You were able yeah. to take about a five minute shower. Yeah, yeah, it worked real Full well. Full stream. So it we, wasn't one of those stupid camp bags, yeah, the little bag, I hate those things. little black bag. Well, we did that that year. It's still better than nothing. Still better than nothing. Uh, although it was cold. Yeah, <laughs> we were just doing it behind some trees. <laughs> but but no, the camp shower was fantastic because we were up there for twelve days, so we were able to get good showers every other night. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. Way cool. I mean, it takes takes some water, takes yeah, some planning. Take some water. Um, I've got a camp trailer that I put all my stuff in that I've spent some yeah. time putting together, and 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 that's the thing yeah. is you you've got to kind of put some of this stuff together. Obviously, somebody who's got, uh, let's say, uh, you know, Subaru Outback is not going to be able to uh, no. put together this type of tent. But but um, again, we camp hard and we have developed the ways to do this yeah and we've you know we're not traveling light no you know we're we're dragging a trader of course we're not we're not anti you having an rv or a camp trader but we are personally anti um camper people we just i don't want a camper we like the challenge we we like the nostalgia yeah. doing it the old way yeah we do that that's personal opinion you know you do you we'll do us um yeah and so so you're probably thinking at this point well why, why don't you just hook on to an rv and right and you're I'll, I'll i'll tell you why i'll tell you in my opinion i don't know about you but in my opinion so when i was when i was young um you know we had the i, I got that big army tent from my uncle uh, when I was young, we set that big old canvas tent up at, at Deer and Elk Camp every year. Uh, and we had we had some campers, but they were small. They were just for sleeping in. You know, they were like cab over campers that we put on trailers and stuff like that as a family. And that's the way it was. They were just to sleep in. Everybody hung out in the big tent mm-hmm. and around the campfire. Mm-hmm. And then as the family got older and as I got older... They started getting fifth wheels and the full-size camper trailers with chairs and couches and TVs. kitchens and TVs and beds. And the families weren't hanging around the fire near as much as they used to. Yeah. And I missed that. And I, an animosity developed towards those campers, in my opinion, because it took the families away from the fire put them in their own little house in the woods and to me that wasn't what um what it what it wasn't what it was about yeah i enjoyed um i enjoyed all of us standing under the tent watching it rain while you know um, the ants cooked breakfast or dinner uh it was just something that i truly enjoyed and and missed when the campers were introduced yeah well and i think i think we kind of see that we we put on a, a big camp out for mm-hmm. family each year alternating between the northern part of the state and the southern part of the state to tr- southern part of the state to try and accommodate both sides of the family mm-hmm. um and i think we absolutely you absolutely do see that uh not just with us but but anywhere you you have you know a bunch of campers parked around and, and the, 
they'll, the people will go, they'll sit in front of their camper, but and people will kind of walk around to each camper, but you don't get everybody together. Yeah, all, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's what we strive to do. You know, like when we do the BFCO, uh, we have the shootout, uh, we have the big dinner, um, and that's what it, that's the goal is to get everybody sitting around the same campfire, um, talking together, uh, socializing together, um, no phones, no electronics. That's uh, what creates memories. Having a good time. Yeah. You know, and I want my kids to have the same memories that I have. You know, I, I, I all of those memories from camping as a kid uh, with my family and my uncle's family are cherished. Uh-huh. And... Um, without them, I wouldn't be who I am today. So, so I like to harken back to those days. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't mean that that uh, again. That doesn't mean we're we're against this or against that. Uh, th- this is our opinion. This is the way we like to do it. Um, but I, I think there is something to be said for not you know just progressing for progression sake yeah uh, there is absolute absolute in my opinion absolute necessity and um, value in remembering the old ways in in the traditions and and where we came from yeah Fine. yeah for sure so um, with a little bit of time that we've got got left here uh for this podcast there's one that we haven't touched on one of our favorites and that is the cast iron Cast iron, yeah great in a sword fight according to rapunzel (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely um cast iron is uh there was a big fad there's a big fad there for a while uh about these you know lightweight Pans with the, tef- yeah. the Teflon nonstick, uh, but now you're seeing kind of resurgence of that cast mm-hmm. iron. Mm-hmm. Um, and why do you think that is? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, they've got a magazine for it, cast iron cooking, right? Um, great recipes in that right? magazine. I, I love this stuff. Um, you know, but just like everything else, just like the wool, just like the cap, the canvas. Cast iron is a product that requires attention. Uh-huh. It requires care. It requires discipline. Yes, you you can't you can't just you know run it full of water and leave it sitting in the sink. It'll rust. Yeah, it'll ruin. You know you've got to cook with it, clean it, oil it, put it away. Yep, it's important. So just like I said, with the wool, with the canvas, you have to take care of it. Yeah, and it takes some effort. And that's kind of along the same lines, you know. And maybe that's maybe that's what we like. We like things that require some attention. Yeah. And uh, I'm picking my wife a little bit. Um, I have I have kind of given up the fight in her kitchen on on the cast iron. But if you did not know, do not wash cast iron with water and soap. You wash it with water only. My that is a big debate. Now I'm just gonna say, uh, devil's advocate here. 
scientifically speaking, yeah, that's untrue. What do you mean? So, why is it that that you don't wash it with soap? Because you ruin the um, the season that you have on it. The oil. Yeah. When pan is properly seasoned that oil is heated to such a temperature that its chemical makeup is no longer that of oil and is not affected by the soap however i will i will come back and retort that it's not just the season uh, in my opinion again mm -hmm. my opinion uh, a, a cast iron that you have used repeatedly tends to soak up the mm -hmm. uh essence of what you've cooked sure, in it sure. and in my opinion it tastes better i i i'm i'm not gonna argue with you i'm on the fence of don't wash it with soap however my grandma who w this is where i got my love of cast iron because mm -hmm. my grandma grew up cooking with pretty much nothing but cast iron um has never not washed her cast iron pans with soap and i still grew up loving cast iron and the way that meals are cooked in it and the flavoring so I've had it just as good with soap as I have. Now, I still don't wash it with soap. I'm with you on that. But I, I don't know if there's any factual evidence to that. Um, I think it's more opinion than fact. However, when... But I'm when okay with that. Most people have that... Of, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to go there. Uh, but... The... It is a mortal sin to wash yes. cast iron with soap. It's a mortal sin to wash cast iron, and so I thankfully, uh, you know, I we have compromised. She doesn't touch my camp pans, and I let her do what she wants with her kitchen there pans. And that's funny coming from from Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Because you first time she first time she did so that, I was like, iron. "What? What? You're Jeff's daughter?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. But okay, so we have opposite problems here. How often does your wife wash and dry your wool? Um, she washed and dried my filson vest. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm. My, wife, my wife tends to wash my wool clothes. We have had and that throw discussion, in the and I told her, "Do not touch it." Yeah. So take it to the dry cleaners. You don't. You don't wash it and dry it. You can wash it. You don't dry it. Yeah. You can wash it. There's not a problem with washing it. Wash it with cold wire, water, no detergent. Yeah. So now I'm just waiting for a warm day where I can wet the stupid thing and stretch it back out. Right. But yeah, she she has done that. Interestingly, washing and drying your wool socks not a problem. No, I don't know why that is. Oh, right. She washed and she Dana washed and dried my um, first light. Oh, mm -hmm. I wanted to cry, dude. The cost of that stuff, I wanted to cry. Oh. So, well, I feel your pain with cast iron. Yeah. Peace out, peoples. Laters. Adios. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.